Good morning, everybody. So, interesting, I was thinking, I was thinking as this morning, so I, I was a little late, but I wanted to catch up so that I could go and be the Chazan. After Joe gets, I started to walk up to be the Chazan. And all of a sudden, someone walks in and you don't know what's going on. And you, you've seen in synagogues for much less than this, big fights. But better always to step back. But the question is this. If I had the Ratzon, that I thought I'm going to go up and be the Chazan, and in my mind, the desire to do it, is there any value to that? We say every day, And we open up our hands, that Hashem should basically, should fill up our hands. And there's a question the Ashkenazim asks, can they copy the Sephardim and do it? And they say, yeah, of course. Because anytime you do a peula action below, it causes a reaction above. But what's the action below? It seems retzon, this word retzon, which is retzon, desire. So the question is, can desire create a reality? The end of this week's parasha, we talk about egla arufa. When we break the neck of the calf, what happens? We have a guy that he's uh, found dead in the middle of the, of the road. They don't know who killed him. So what do they do? They measure from where they found the body to the two towns. Whichever the closest town is, the elders of that town come. They have to do this break the neck to say we had, and then they have to say we had nothing to do with the death of this person. Rashi asks a question. They says Yadenu, our hands didn't spill the blood, and Rashi asks Vechi alta alev. And is it gonna is gonna come on your on your heart? Are you gonna imagine for a second bedin that the elders of the court damimhem they're murderers? He says, what does it mean? He says that they're coming and saying we didn't know he was there, and we didn't accompany him, we didn't take him and escort him, and since we didn't escort him, this is why he passed away. What does that mean? We have a mitzvah that if you have a guest in your house, that guest in your house, when you finish, he finishes eating, drinking, when you finish dinner, what do you have to do? You have to walk him at least four amot. Six, eight feet, you have to walk with him. And the question is why? It's interesting, the Chafetz Chaim brings that there was a town that burnt down. And he said, why did the town burn down? He says, they were very nice people. They hosted guests. He says, but they didn't walk them, they didn't escort them after they left the house. And he brought that, where do we have escorting? He says that we have Eshel Avraham. Eshel is Aleph, Shin, Lamed, Achila, Shtia, and Levaya, that you have to escort the person. He says because they didn't have the Lamed, what did they have only? Esh, they brought the fire. So we have this mitzvah of Eshel, of escorting. The question is, you're escorting someone after they leave your house, and you're escorting them six feet. And then what? Adios amigo, right? He's going to go. How is you escorting that person six feet going to make a difference and give him protection in any way? The guy's leaving my house. He's going back to Neponset in uh, Rockaway, right? He's going to walk through the, the projects. How is my escorting him going to protect him when he's walking through the projects with the guys with the guns in there. How does it help? 
If I want to escort him, I'm going to get him an armed guard and take him all the way home. How does my, my escorting him help? So the Marashal says, obviously, that a person, he's not escorting the person the, uh, the whole way. He's only escorting him six or eight feet. But by escorting the person six or eight feet, whatever you're walking with him, what are you saying? You have a ritzon, you have a desire that what? That Hashem should protect him the rest of the way. So what does your action do? Your action of walking the six feet, your ratzon, your desire to help the person creates a reality in heaven that then Hashem is going to come help the person. So it seems that our desire, our ratzon has some power. But if our ratzon has power, why can't I just stand at the door and say to the guy, Allah God should be with you. And that's my desire that Hashem should protect you. Why does walking six or eight feet have the, the ability to do something? So we have to say that extending some effort, the action that you're doing, because it always takes a peula below, an action below to turn on the light above. We want a light to come from heaven. We want Hashem to do something for us. But always that desire, that, 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 that a heavenly action requires that someone below turn on the light below, do a peula, do an action to cause the reaction above. And there's an idea that all of us have angels that are protecting us. We all have angels. We say there's an angel to my right, an angel to my left. I tell you the story that I was sitting with a shaman and I sat with this lady, with, this, with a, a client from Paris with her decorator and her shaman. The shaman sat there in front of me on the table, stared at me the whole time. I got up because the lady asked for uh, some water. I got up to get water. I walked back. The shaman tells the lady, I'm leaving. She says, why are you leaving? Says that this guy has uh, angels in front of him with a sword and they're going to kill me if I stay here. I'm leaving. Who knows? Cuckoo. But at the same time, we say, a shaman is a holy... uh, from Abu Dazara kind of people from Mexico. So they have these people and that, this person said, I could see. I could see this person has angels. We know the story about the guy, the, the guy, the taxi driver. He's a taxi driver for a rabbi. And every year he comes to take the rabbi, the rabbi comes. One year he comes to pick up the rabbi, the rabbi sees this guy not religious forever. He's been away for three years for COVID. He sees this guy. The guy's wearing a kippah, wearing tzitzit. He says, what happened? He says, one day I had a client. He's not Jewish. He asked me to take him for an eight-hour drive up to Maine. What was going to be there? I don't know. He took me to this place in Maine. I parked the car in the middle of a forest. He gets out of the car. He goes, to the, uh, he goes into this hut by the side. After 20 minutes, he comes back. He tells me, take the car and go to a diner 10 miles away and come back only after I call you. I say, what is going on here? I took the car. I went to the diner. Half hour later, he calls me, comes back. He gets in the car. I ask him, you know, I've been driving you for years. It's none of my business, but what's the heck's going on? Why did you tell me to go to the diner, wait for you, and then come back? He says, I went in. He says, I had, the guy said that he had cancer. He's sick. He says, they tried everything. They can't do anything. They told him there's this, this spiritual witch doctor in this uh, forest who's going to cure him. He says, what's the worst? I'll try. What could I do? He came to this guy, and the guy is trying all his incantations. He says, nothing's working. 
The guy asks him, how did you get here? He says, I had a driver from New York bring me. He goes, is the driver Jewish? He goes, I think so. He goes, tell him to go 10 miles away. He says, what happened? He came back in. He said that he said because this Jewish guy was there, his neshama, his angels were affecting my ability to do the black magic. I couldn't do anything. You had to send him away for him to be able to do. This guy said, if I'm not religious, I have zero, nothing. And you're telling me that I have angels and I have a neshama that's affecting black magic? He said, I went to start to learn. Now he said, I became a little bit tati. I'm learning, I'm learning. So we always have to know we have angels that are protecting us. But what creates the angels? The angels are created often. When we do a mitzvah, we create an angel. We do a we create an angel against us. But what we have to realize is that Ratzon, our thinking alone, can also create an angel. There's a story about Rav Natan Svi Frank. He would stand and he would say bracha for people that he didn't see. He would stand at the window and say, Hashem should bless this one, Hashem should bless that one. One day he says, good morning, Yaakov. And one of his students says, Yaakov's not there. He says, because Yaakov's not there, does that mean I can't give Yaakov a blessing? So we have a custom, for example, if I'm outside and I hear the siren, especially by me, I know it's Hatala. And anytime I hear the siren outside, whether I see it or not, I say a bracha in my head that Hashem should protect the guys in the ambulance, that they should be protected and that they should be successful in whatever we're doing. I don't see them, I don't know anything, but I'm saying a bracha because I'm saying something because my words and my thoughts can create a reality. And this is an idea that we have to know that we could create a reality. When the, when the grandmother goes at the end of Shabbat and puts her hand on the mezuzah and she's giving a bracha to all her children and her grandchildren and she has this kavanah, they're not there. But she's praying that when they go in and when they go out, wherever they go, they should have bracha. She's doing it by the mezuzah. That has power to create a reality. The Marasha explains that the rabbis teach us that the road that a person wants to go, the way a person wants to go, that's where Hashem is going to take him. The, the desire you create, a reality for yourself, just in the desire where you want to go. So what we're saying is here, it's not only words create a reality, your thoughts create a reality. Your desire to go up and to pray, even if I didn't do it, I still had the desire to go up and do it. So what we're saying really here is that when I have a desire, how does it work? Say Ani comes in and I want to give the person money, but I don't have money. I'm broke. I'm a poor person. I can't give him money, but I have a desire. There's another guy and Ani comes in and his friends are looking at him. Yalla, you give him? He takes out $20, gives the guy $20. Why? Peer pressure. Did he really want to give it? He didn't want to give it. So he gave the $20, imperfect mitzvah, because he really didn't want to give it. But he did the physical act. But what does he need? He needs Ratzon. Who's the Ratzon? The guy who couldn't afford to give, but he desired to give. The two of them Hashem brings together and makes a perfect mitzvah. And who gets the most credit? The one who completes it, the one who has the desire. So desire should, the desire to do something creates a reality. There's a strange story. My rabbi's teacher, Rav Deslo, used to tell a, midra, a, a, a midrash. I don't even know where it comes from. It says there's a certain guy, he's a drunk. He's a drunk. He lays in the house all day, he drinks. His kids get so upset because he starts to sell everything in the house just so he could buy more drink, more liquor, more liquor, more liquor. 
Finally, the kids say, we got to do something. We got to have like an intervention over here. What's the intervention? They take daddy and they literally, in his drunken stupor, they dump him in the cemetery. They say, let him wake up in the cemetery and realize this is not what life is. Maybe he'll stop drinking. They bring him to the cemetery. Happens that day that there's an army coming through and another army coming through the other way. The army, one army is going to defeat the other army. So the army that's there runs. They leave their provisions behind. Right next to where the guy is sleeping on the floor, they leave a big crate and inside this crate is all the wine and the liquor that the army was carrying around with them. The guy wakes up in the middle of the cemetery. He says, oh my God, I'm in Gan Eden. I found the, the liquor store forever. Two days later, his kids come and they find him. What's he doing? He's sitting there and drinking. Rab Desla asks, what's the crazy story? What is a Midrash? What's the lesson of this Midrash? He says that you have to realize that a, the, the route, the desire a person has in life, that's the way Hashem's going to lead that person. Our ratzon, our desire, our little efforts make a huge difference. So now we're coming to the beginning of Elul, we start to do little changes. You know, there's a lot of people in the community, I know that sometimes for Elul they don't eat out anymore. Or they don't eat out, aseret yemeh For those 10 days, we're going to be kosher, kosher. No. Say, who are you fooling? You're telling Hashem, okay, Hashem, for one month, I'm not going to any trade restaurant. But when it's all over, I'm going back. Who are you sketching? You're going to tell Hashem, you know, I'm, not something to say, Hashem, I'm going to try from now on. That's one thing. But to say, I'm only going to do it for these 10 days, we have a custom. We only eat Pat Yisrael during Aseret Yimei Teshuvah. So you say, I'm only going to eat this during Aseret and then I'm going to go back? How could you say that? Because what does it show? It shows Ratzon, it shows desire. So we have to know that uh, the first step for us to have anything in life is to show Ratzon, to show desire. So I said, even though I couldn't, because I had the ratzon, Bezrat Hashem, Hashem gives credit. This is the same way that we have, I think we have the custom in our community that people say the, the chatzi kaddish with the chazan. Why did they say chatzi kaddish with the chazan? Because in our community, there's no such thing as davening for the Amid. This davening for the Amid only is the Ashkenazim. We have chazan kavua. That's the way it's set in our communities. That's how it's supposed to be. You have a chazan who knows how to lead the people. You don't have someone who doesn't know how to be chazan step up and he's going to be the chazan. You don't know what his thinking is. You don't know what he's doing. A chazan that we have is there to be a specific chazan. So what happens? The other guys say, but I want to be the chazan also. So what do we do? They have a ratzon to be the chazan. They have a desire to be the chazan. So what do they do? We let them participate with the chazan and do the chatzi kaddish with the chazan. What does that do? That shows the ratzon. Not only is there the mental ratzon, but it's the same as we say the leviyah of escorting the person when he's leaving you. You're taking a few steps. You're doing an action. That little action that you're doing with the ratzon is as good as the whole thing. Bezrat Hashem, we should all have... As long as you have the desire you and you think about it and we finish. Before you say Kaddish, I want to ask you something. Okay. Rabbi Dresser from Bichtar Meiliyahu. Yes. That was your rabbi. That's my rabbi's rabbi. Special thanks to Rabbi Daniel Gladstein for some of the information in this class. Thanks. Zaku Baruch.